1: Burrow.com slash A
2: casting.
0: Why is Blight so far?
2: Like it sounds so simple. They had no idea. But now the data's pretty- I find this not only refreshing but but at some level astounding.
3: Welcome back to The Nature Podcast. This week, it's our annual festive spectacular. There'll be games.
4: There'll be seasonal science songs.
3: And we'll be hearing about some of the people who have shaped science this year. I'm Nick Pertrichow.
4: And I'm Noah Baker.
3: So it's the end of the year and we have our usual festive show. We have plenty coming up. Later on, we'll be hearing about Nature's 10, Nature's annual list of people who have had an impact on science, and we'll be having a festive quiz by the one and only Shamni Bundel.
4: But let's start the show with a song. This is Artemis and Dart. It's about some big space missions, and it's set to a tune we think you might recognise. <laughs>
1: Our Timis and Dart, our Timis and Dart, our Timis and Dart projects from NASA Felicity One's building defense from potential threats, the other is meant to open access to space women. For some big space missions, from Earth defense to lunar ambition, there's asteroids and moon expeditions, and they've captured all our hearts. First, Optimus One it's time to get on. White, something smells warm, it's leaking somewhere. A seal, oh god. Okay, we'll leave soon we off to the moon I'll wait a month soon Let's try again in a month or two this has been a slow space mission Delays will come when there's high ambition But it's all worth it when there is ignition And the journey then can start Now let's turn to Dart. It's had no false starts crashed at the heart of an asteroid, it really hit hard to deflect its course. It took a great force to prevent the worst, annihilation of the Earth and us. The asteroid didn't pose any threat, but chicks and love isn't one you forget. Now maybe NASA can stop the one next and protect. Protect us from the start Artemis and Dart Artemis and Dart Artemis and Dart Project from NASA Felicidad
4: That was Artemis and Dart performed by Phil Self with lyrics by me, Noah Baker Thanks also to Pablo Arguelles Victoria Manzoli and Flor Closter for their help with the song
3: I do really like this rendition of Feliz Navidad, but now it's time to get excited and start cheering with our live studio audience as we've got the festive quiz.
0: Welcome to the Nature Podcast annual end of year quiz. I am your host, Chamli Bandel. Now allow me to introduce our three competitors for today. We have Nick Petrichow.
3: Hello, I'm here to crush you all once again. I've never done that. (laughs) I've never won, so I don't know why I said
0: that. This year, your lucky year, Nick. We also have Lizzie Gibney. Hi, I like to show up only sporadically throughout the year, but consistently (laughs) for the end of year show. Yes. And finally, we have Noah Baker.
4: I'm on a podcast all the time, but I've never been in the fun show, so now I get to do it. I'm very excited.
0: The quiz is obviously what everyone at Nature um, is, is working here for, just to get the chance to be in my end of year quiz. So I hope the competitors today won't regret that because I have a bit of a challenge for you all in the form of redacted headlines. So I have taken headlines from various nature podcast stories throughout the year, and I have redacted all of the key words.
3: All of them.
0: Really? I mean, really quite a lot of them. Your job is obviously guess what those words are and what the actual headline is. Now, this, this year, it's a sort of cooperative team game, um, but at the end, I will, as is somewhat traditional now, just arbitrarily decide on a winner. Um, <laughs> just depending on how I feel. So, you know, just try and impress me somehow. <laughs> just for some context here, I have been told that some of my previous quizzes might have been too easy. And people Whoa. might have gotten things I too know. quick. Maybe just guessing things straight away. Um, so, yeah, just to warn you, I have I have stepped it up this year now these are all as i said headlines from the niche podcast um they're generally ones that one of you three has been involved in or made in some way or sometimes just ones that i've made just for my own benefit (laughs) um so hopefully not too tricky does everyone understand the gist is everyone ready Mm -hmm. to go see yeah (gasps) then we shall begin You're first Headline competitors. Blank, blank, blank makes blank after tense blank.
3: After tent?
0: tense? Tense, T E N S E, not ah. tense, like at Glastonbury.
4: Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Might one of the words be Artemis?
0: Incorrect. There is no Artemis in this headline, although, oh, you're kind of on the right track, yeah, I feel like launch. Is it a tense launch? Oh, it was a tense launch, mm. indeed. It was blank, 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 makes blank after tense launch. I mean, JWST launched on Christmas Day last year, so it could have just opened, unfurled at the beginning of the year. I'm going to give you, uh, from JWST, I'm going to give you the first three blanks, which are Web Space Telescope makes blank after tense launch anyone want to fill in that final word
3: makes
4: uh, history,
0: history. Yay! Oh. <laughs> well done indeed so i did pick this because it was right at the beginning of the year and yes um it had launched on christmas day 2021 it's has been amazing all oh, year absolutely incredible what was produced and it was so like nerve-wracking like it cost so much money cost so much more than was originally planned it took so much longer and then you have it going up in space and you're just like please don't let this rocket be the one that blows up and it didn't yay yay
4: (laughs) (laughs) also you know like hubble its predecessor had to be fixed so many times for things that went wrong i was just waiting for all the things that went wrong with jwst and so far they haven't it seems to be working pretty darn well okay
0: let's not jinx it everyone touch which okay hashtag scientific Well done. Okay. Great, great start there uh, from right back at the beginning of 2022. Okay. Your next headline Reviving blank, blank, blank after blank.
3: I know this one straight off. I think I do as well.
0: (laughs) I was trying to make them harder. Gosh darn it. it Okay. As the non bio person, is it that when they bought, like, after death? There were like some organs that they managed to get working again. Absolutely, reviving blank organs blank after death. Would anyone? You go go on then, Nick no, no, You know this one.
4: I mean, pigs are involved.
0: Reviving pig organs blank after death. Hours.
3: Is it four hours? Yeah. Hours. Yeah. It
0: was indeed hours. Yes. Yes.
3: So this is Organex, right? Organex was the name of the device that was used mm-hmm. to perfuse the pig to like revive the organs um, and so yeah it's, it had this fluid so it had a bunch of metabolites and different chemical compounds in it to sort of ease these organs to a sort of functioning state but like a semi-functioning state because they also had inhibitors and stuff in there as well but yeah it was a really interesting and quite strange story and a lot of ethical quandaries about this as well what's this mean about death and that sort of thing
4: and a story which was very colloquially referred to by various people as the zombie pig story, which of course it wasn't a zombie pig. We are but not it was something to call that it went around in nature <laughs> towers where people were saying, "Isn't that the zombie pig one?" And everyone Did went, I "No,
0: it's it? no, not. No, no zombie pigs."
3: Uh, for, for clarity, the pigs never got up or anything like that. <laughs> there was some twitching though.
0: And that was that was Nick's uh, story as well. So you know, it's slight advantage to Nick there, hence knowing it straight off. But I feel like Lizzie put a good. Good amount of contribution into that. He, look, I knew. I knew. Oh, I was trying to make it hard. and... Ugh, okay, just right, do all
3: on. blanks.
0: <laughs> we're, just, yeah, I done. we're just such I a dream team. To the blank.
4: It's because we're so good. It's not because <laughs> it's too easy.
0: OK, right. Come on. I'm going to get you with this one. Blank, blank reveals a blank, blank of blank, blank.
3: <laughs> OK, that is, this a, lot is of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> asked for
0: it, people. Come on.
3: <laughs> is it fish is one of the words fish
0: yes it's fish, <laughs> yeah, it was fish.
3: What? oh i i now
0: know <laughs> what this is how did you nick nick vegetal <laughs> what are you doing to me I, that that was all blanks, and you've just gone fish. <laughs> it's not like fish was like a big science theme of the year either, right? is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember all those stories about fish. But this
4: was an exciting moment. I think I think we can get to the exact headline because this was oh a yeah, new fundamental, <laughs> a new fundamental sort of uh uh process in biology, right? So
3: is uh, another fish. one of the words cell? No, it's fossils. No. Oh no! Is it my one that I did about it the it new kind of wrong. cell division? You
0: ah, so- guessed accidentally right, and it wasn't <laughs> what you thought. Oh no!
4: Let's throw another word in. What about the word new?
0: Fish fish blank reveals a new blank of cell a new blank. Atlas. Such a such a good guess for my stories, but it's not Atlas.
3: <laughs> I do remember the whole headline a new now.
0: Type <laughs> of cell wrecked.
3: Maybe Nick should finish it because this was a story he covered. Fish Skin Reveals a New Kind of Cell Division. So this was a story that I made a video of as well. Uh, It's a very colourful video, so I recommend if you like pretty colours, checking it out. Um, And basically this team found that these cells were dividing without doing the normal uh, duplication of DNA that happens. So each of the cells did not have an equal complement of all the DNA. They just took bits of it that they needed to produce skin very quickly. And they reckoned that this happened because of those stressful times when you're growing up and you just need a bit more skin.
0: We all remember those times. (laughs) Exactly. It's fascinating
3: because one of the things that really defines
4: cell division usually is an awful lot of checks and balances to make sure that the cells divide appropriately and you don't end up with cells that are all have the wrong bits in them. But this just threw all of that out the window and was like,
3: speed is all we care about. Quickly, lots of skin. No, and that's a really interesting part that we didn't get to talk about on the podcast or the video, but they had no idea like why it's able to do this because... You need these checks and balances because otherwise things can go wrong and you get cancerous cells. But that wasn't happening here. So there must be some other kind of check and balance that's occurring, but we don't know what.
0: Okay, final one, um, because uh, I love how much the blank version of this sounds like uh, a just so story. How the blank blank got its blank i know
3: this one as well
0: <laughs> no points to nick zero points negative points nick you've not made me happy during the quiz you've been too good at it i just said impress me i didn't say by being good at the quiz did i nick no no not. points for you Sorry. Okay, so, so like a just so story is it an animal in the first blank blank no
4: is the word start in it
0: Yes. How the blank blank got its start. It's not a fun Christmassy topic, but... um, Coronavirus? (laughs) Similar, actually. It's not coronavirus, but it's in the same category of things, Uh, I would say. uh, Inpox? Think older. You're absolutely on the right. Plague. Basically, basically, yes. Black Death. Black Death. Yeah. That's what we put in our title. ever gone like, that? Black Death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Christmas fun. Yeah. yeah. So this
3: was a really interesting story where it was a collaboration between historians and molecular biologists and uh, archaeologists and many more who were able to come together and find out where exactly... The Black Death, as we think of it, especially the disease that swept across Europe in the sort of 14th century, where it got its start. Um, and so, yeah, they used a number of different techniques and historical records to come up with this place in sort of Central Europe in Modern Kyrgyzstan,
0: not as as fun as uh, the other just so stories, um, but when Nature publishes its its children's <laughs> book, Little Fables, that will certainly be in there.
3: Death seems be... to be the most popular word this <laughs> in all these stories.
0: I <laughs> wasn't deliberate. You, thank you so much. You have I have failed you once again. I I'm not going to declare a winner in this instance. I'm going to declare mm. a loser.
3: And it's me. I thought it was going to be me. I thought it was going <laughs> no, to be Nick. No,
0: no, Nick knows all the headlines. Germany we ready already nominate Nick. Uh, no, I forward. can't in good conscience nominate Nick when I when the one thing that I was told was that sometimes people get the answers too quick. and Guess what happened? Nick got all the answers immediately. Um, but thank you so much for playing, and congratulations to you all three joint winners. Um, we'll just have to hope that next year, the end of 2023, maybe I can revive my fallen reputation. We revive see, your reputation um, after, until death. Then. <laughs> <laughs> after death. Like after like really <laughs> <like> death. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much, um, and I'll see you all. Thank next you. Year. Bye. 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 <laughs>
4: Later on, we'll be hearing about some more headline-making science. But right now, it's time for the Research Highlights, read by the one and only Dan Fox.
2: Need to shed some holiday pounds? Well, intermittent fasting can help with weight loss. But a return to normal eating often means putting the weight back on. Now scientists have a potential explanation for this frustrating cycle. The composition of the gut microbiome. Researchers fed mice a calorie-restricted diet similar to intermittent fasting, and then let the animals eat as they pleased. As expected, the mice lost fat when their food was limited, but quickly put fat back on with normal feeding. Digging deeper, the team found that short-term calorie restriction led to an increase in lactobacillus bacteria in the gut, and that this enhanced the ability of the animal's intestinal tissues to absorb fat. However, if mice were given a high-protein diet after food restriction, this suppressed the growth of the bacteria, resulting in less fat accumulation in the mice. The authors say the findings suggest that eating high-protein meals after completing a diet could help people to maintain weight loss. If this research has inspired your New Year's resolution, you can read the full paper in Nature an aerial survey has revealed a previously unknown wealth of Maya cities, towns, and villages in northern Guatemala. Researchers surveyed a lowland region near the Guatemala-Mexico border using LIDAR, a technique that records archaeological features and the contours of the Earth's surface. The survey revealed a dense web of more than 700 archaeological sites, including cities, small settlements, pyramids, reservoirs, Courts for ball games and 177 kilometres of a network of elevated paths. The interconnectedness of the sites, along with the labour required to build them, suggests that the lowlands were home to a unified Maya political system that thrived in the thousand years before the classic Maya period recognised by archaeologists, which began in 250 AD. This means that despite earlier ideas that the region was sparsely settled, the authors believe that there was in fact prodigious growth. Survey that paper in full in ancient Mesoamerica.
3: To wrap up this year's festive show, it's time for our annual reflection of some of the people who have shaped science in the past 12 months. Joining me to do so is Richard Van Norden, one of Nature's Features Editors. Richard, hi. Hello, Nick. Well, thanks for joining me, Richard. So to do some reflection, the way we normally do it every year is we talk about Nature's 10. But just so everyone is familiar, can you
5: tell me what exactly is Nature's 10? It's Nature's annual list of scientists who helped shape science this year. They played a key role in some of the major science stories of the year, And they're not the only scientists that matter this year, but they really represent some of the biggest things that happened in research. And we've got a really good mix of people this year.
3: No, indeed, there is a good mix of stories this year. The past couple of years when we've done this, the pandemic has kind of subsumed most of the stories. But there's been a lot of other big stories this year in science. So to start off with, I wanted to talk about the James Webb Space Telescope. And in Nature's Ten this year, you've highlighted one of the people who's played a key role in getting the telescope off the ground.
5: Yeah, we chose Jane Rigby, who is the JWST's operations project scientist at NASA. And we picked her because she's really been responsible for leading the work to assess the telescope's performance and whether it will work in space. It's been quite incredible this year, That, in fact, the James Webb Space Telescope launched last year, Christmas Day 2021. But it's taken all that time, months and months, for everything to unfold in space and to check that it's working. So many things could go wrong. And she's really been in, in charge of this process.
3: And one thing Rigby hasn't wanted to talk about is the name of the telescope, The name has generated some controversy because it's named after James Webb, who worked in high-ranking government positions at a time when the US government persecuted LGBT plus people. And Rigby herself is LGBT plus. Can you tell me a little bit about this?
5: So, as you say, the name James Webb is very controversial and there's been inquiries as to whether the name should be changed because of who it honours. For the moment, um, NASA has said that they are not going to change the name, but some astronomers are referring to the telescope as JWST, so as not to say the name. Now, Rigby herself identifies as queer, but she doesn't really want to talk about the telescope's name. However, she did talk to us about her activism in the LGBT plus community and says that that activism has sharpened her leadership in science. So, for instance, when she was a a postdoctoral scientist in California, she helped to organise voters against a ballot proposition that would have banned same-sex marriage. And this, she says, helped her develop skills like how to manage and, and motivate people. So Rigby says that one of her personal role models is Frank Kameny, an astronomer who was fired from the US government in 1957 for homosexuality and went on to become a crusader for gay rights. Rigby said, I think, something very interesting about what ties together many LGBT plus people in astronomy, she said that there's a, a feeling of belonging and quotes that the universe doesn't reject me. She says there was a sense of being drawn to astronomy in part because of my queer identity. It was a feeling of being part of the universe and being part of the bigger story.
3: Well, speaking of being part of something Back down here on Earth, we had COP27, UN's annual climate conference. And one of the big stories that came out of this was after many years of wrangling, wealthy countries have finally agreed to foot the bill to pay for loss and damage caused by climate change. And th- this year in Nature's Ten, we've chosen to highlight someone who's been fighting for this for a long time.
5: Yes, we've picked salimul who is a very well-known climate researcher in Bangladesh. He's kind of been for more than a decade the kind of unofficial leader of the idea that the high carbon emitters of the world have a financial responsibility to help the low emitting countries that face devastation as temperatures continue to rise. So it was obviously a triumph for everyone, but kind of a personal triumph for Salim hook that we did see this loss and damage fund agreed at COP27 this year, although All of the details still have to be worked out.
3: No, certainly. And he himself is from Bangladesh, which has a long history of climate disasters. This year we saw a great deal of flooding. So he's been no stranger to the sort of turmoil that climate change
5: and international politics cause. He has been instrumental in persuading the government of Bangladesh that it needed an environment department and needed to think about disasters like flooding. That Bangladesh would suffer. And then he went on to establish a network of experts who work in something called community-based adaptation, the idea of helping communities find their own research-based solutions to problems like adjusting cropping patterns or like improving flood defences. He's always said the communities themselves have to be in the driving seat. In the 1990s, he started to become active in climate negotiations as an advisor to climate-vulnerable countries. And what he's always said, and, and this is where the loss and damage comes in, is that this is not aid. This is not donations. Because when money is given in aid, he says the power rests with the donor of the aid. Loss and damage is something else. It's about the idea that the polluter should pay for the pollution that they've done.
3: And this year at COP27, there was finally some agreement that this is something wealthy countries need to foot the bill for. But to bring it around to our next story, another big thing that happened this year was back in February, Russia invaded Ukraine. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, and we've said that for many ways, for science, this has been a story about energy. And related to that, you've chosen to highlight Svitlana Krakowska.
5: Yeah, who could we highlight to talk about Ukraine? It, It is, for nature, a bit of a science story. It's about much more than that, but it is about energy it's also about the destruction of, of Ukraine's science system. And a person that we felt really was in the center of this story was Svetlana Krakowska. So she is responsible for leading Ukraine's delegation to the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And she was actually attending a video meeting of the IPCC as the bombs were falling on 24th of February when Russia began its invasion of Ukraine. And she had to decide what to do. She describes herself as pretty shy, and she knew that the IPCC is not really a political body, didn't want to undermine that. But she decided to talk on the closing day and told delegates that the war against Ukraine and human-induced climate change have connections and the same roots, that these roots are fossil fuels and humanity's dependence on them and that the ease of receiving energy from from burning coal, oil and gas has changed the balance of power in the human world. She got a huge response to this. Lots of delegations voiced solidarity with Ukraine, including the representative of Russia, Oleg Anisimov, who actually at the time apologised for the attack. And she later got a huge number of messages of support. And essentially this year, although her family have not moved from Kiev, she has in fact become a sort of spokesperson, a campaigner, for climate action and for Ukraine.
3: And one thing when I was reading about her that I found quite interesting is she's actually relatively new to climate science.
5: Yeah, this is very interesting. Born in in 1969, she studied meteorology in what is now St. Petersburg, and she actually became a cloud physicist. And she discovered the incipient field of regional climate modelling in the 2000s. And her first IPCC meeting was only nine years ago in 2013. So it's kind of refreshing to see someone perhaps unwittingly become sort of a campaigner a bit bit later in their life and for research that they'd come to not that long ago. I think we've just got
3: time to talk about one more person. And whilst the pandemic is still ongoing and we've actually featured a couple of COVID scientists in Nature's 10 this year, there's another virus that's been making headlines, monkeypox.
5: Yeah, we decided to highlight Dimi Ogoina, who is a researcher in Nigeria. And when he heard that monkeypox was spreading around the globe this year, he was like, oh, deja vu, because monkeypox turned up in Nigeria in 2017 for the first time there in nearly 40 years. And he was the first person to diagnose someone with a confirmed case of the disease, which, as we're talking, the disease has been renamed MPOX by the World Health Organization to reduce stigma, although the virus is still monkeypox. And so back in 2017, again, as as with the current outbreak, although on a smaller scale, this epidemic in Nigeria, he found, seemed to be concentrated in urban areas and among young and, and middle-aged adult men, quite different from previous transmission patterns for MPOX. And he detailed how this pathogen was spreading in, in Nigeria. And in 2019, on the basis of what he'd seen, he and his colleagues said this might be spreading through sexual contact and it might be spreading more efficiently between people than we think. But people didn't really want to take it seriously, and this has all been quite prescient now, and the work's been cited a lot, and it, it tipped off health officials about the the role of sexual contact in, in spreading this disease, although it's still very unclear whether the virus is in the strict sense sexually transmitted, meaning passed through bodily fluids and so he was really sort of instrumental in doing all of this work unheralded much earlier. And really, it was not paid as much heed to as it should have been.
3: Yeah, he was able, in a way, to prepare the United States and Europe for the more recent outbreak ahead of time. But actually, while he's been able to do this, the situation hasn't really changed that much in Nigeria.
5: Right. Thankfully, the global outbreak is waning. But yeah, Nigeria doesn't have the drugs, the vaccines, and the surveillance resources that have helped to control the virus is spreading in in high-income countries. And Ogoina told us he's worried that the new attention and funding for MBOX will dry up and the disease will just revert to spreading as it has before in countries in Central and Western Africa. So he's trying to better understand how the disease is spreading in Nigeria. In theory, there's been just over 600 infections confirmed so far this year, but he and, and others think this is a massive underestimation because there isn't really the surveillance to track it, so it's not clear who is becoming infected with the virus and and how they're infected. And he is warning the rest of the world not to be complacent about the continued spread of MPOX in Africa.
3: Well, it's certainly been an interesting year for science, and these people have been right at the heart of it. Listeners, we've only had time for these few people, but make sure you check out the show notes to find the full feature where you can read about all 10 people highlighted in Nature's Ten. But for now, Richard, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Nick.
4: And that's it for this edition of the show and the last regular podcast of 2022. Thank you so much for listening over the last 12 months.
3: It's certainly been an interesting year for the podcast and for science. To highlight that and to keep you all cosy over the festive period, we'll have our annual clip show coming out soon, where the team have picked some of their favourite podcast stories. And then we'll be back in the new year with more news from the wide world of science.
4: For now, though, here's one more song to play us out. This is Fairy tale of Omicron, with lyrics written by Kerry Smith. It's performed again by Phil Self, but this time featuring Dominie Hooper. Imagine yourself a scientist in the lab on a cold Christmas Eve looking at Gisade.
1: It was Christmas Eve, babe In the wet lab A colleague said to me won't see another one. She closed the laptop screen. But the very end came in. I turned my face away from the new acronym. God, it's another one. Came Half past one I've got a feeling This night is hardly through So happy Christmas Still browsing cheers saying I can see a better time When there's no such cut But that was all prior to 2022 This year was all omicron all of the time Wasn't long before it started to diversify BA1, BA2, BA4, 5 are So as, as quick as they, as they came, came they were replaced by more Each new, new iteration, iteration supplied a mutation To the, the virus's receptor binding domain, domain. But, but the boys the in the ACTG lab are sequencing away As we build immunity for the next wave XPP, XPC, BQ 1.23 We have not heard the last of you as the year ends No longer polemic to say it's endemic Omicron won't debate the ways it can mutate With the girls of the ACTG lab still sequencing away As we build immunity for the next wave We've sequenced day and night I made this diagram Your strains emerge and die A nest of tangled lines Each night I dream about you As the folks of the ACTG lab Keep sequencing away As we build immunity For the next wave